The five love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. Each person has one of these as their primary love language, and when it's used to speak to them, it fills up their love tank and makes them feel amazing. Hi, and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about dabbling in self-improvement 30 days at a time. On today's episode, we are diving into our new monthly challenge, which is all about relationships. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada, and with me is my much more disciplined friend, Jenny. That's me, Jenny Kaus, a marketing professional from St. Thomas, Ontario, and I'm on board for this month's challenge. I'm a small town gal and a big believer in the power of habits. I will do my best to whip our guinea peg into shape and hold her accountable to habit changes that she will undertake one month at a time. I'll be playing along too, and as we take on a new habit each month, we hope to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall, your own best self. Our monthly challenge for November is focused on relationships. That can mean with your significant other or spouse, and also relationships with family, friends, coworkers, anyone. Peggy and I are interested to see if there are some habits that we can incorporate into our lives that will help to improve the quality of our relationships with the people around us. To help focus on this, we will be reading the book, The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman, and we have chosen to assign one of the five love languages to each of the five weeks in November to help us shape our challenge. Our challenge will be a bit different in November, although it will be centered around relationships. Each week, it will rotate to a different habit to help us explore each of these five love languages. All right. So just to give you a bit of context, if you haven't read or heard of this book, the author explains that there are five ways that people speak and understand emotional love. This book centers around emotional love between partners or spouses, but he also has books about the five love languages for kids, teenagers, and even people who are single. So the five love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. So the author, Gary Chapman, explains that each person has one of these as their primary love language, and when it's used to speak to them, it fills up their love tank and makes them feel amazing. We tend to speak our primary love language, and we become confused when our spouse does not understand what we are communicating. We are expressing love. The message does not come through because we are speaking what, to them, is a foreign language. So for example, if my primary love language is words of affirmation, I'm probably more likely to use language to express love to my partner. For example, you're so great. I appreciate you. I'm proud of the good work that you do and the way that you support me. But if words of affirmation isn't your partner's love language, you might not get the response you are looking for. Maybe they just need a hug, which would be Physical touch is their language. Or maybe they need you to hang out with them more. Quality time. So you might be thinking, well, that's great, but how do I find out what my love language is? And how do I find out what my partner's is? So be patient. A little later in the podcast, we will share with you how to figure out your primary love language and that of your spouse or partner. So before that, here's the challenge for this week. And it's centered around the first love language, and that is words of affirmation. So here's the description from the book. Words of affirmation. Actions don't always speak louder than words. If this is your love language, 
unsolicited compliments mean the world to you. Hearing the words, I love you, are important. Hearing the reasons behind that love sends your spirits skyward. Insults can leave you shattered and are not easily forgotten. Kind, encouraging, and positive words are truly life-giving. So based on that, our challenge for this week for each other and for you is to reach out to someone each day for the next seven days to let them know that you appreciate them and why. You can do this via text or email if that feels the most comfortable or by phone or even in person. See how the special people in your life respond to this language of love. Awesome. And now it is time for a segment that we call Who Are You Anyway? Where we encourage you to reflect on a question or a concept to know yourself a bit better, which will helpfully be a good aid as you take on new habits. Today's Who Are You Anyway? segment is going to be a bit of a two-parter. The five love languages book that we are basing this month's challenge around has a quiz that Peggy alluded to earlier and that both of us have taken to help us know ourselves better by learning what our love language is. To find this quiz, go to fivelovelanguages.com, that's the number five, and then lovelanguages.com, and click on quizzes. You can learn your own love language or that of your child, and you can encourage your partner to take the quiz as well. There's an option for singles too. My love language from taking this quiz was acts of service and quality time. I was not surprised by these results. Um, and I did, I will kind of say taking the quiz made me laugh because the way that they ask it is it's always putting um, two up to each other and, and you pick one over the other. So it was funny. Um, I find a lot of times like the design of a quiz can sometimes influence the outcome. So I found myself a bit skeptical and trying to just answer the questions as honestly as I could. Um, but then just before we started recording tonight, I got Jeff to take the quiz as well. And his came out as quality time and physical touch. And I was not surprised by those either. Um, so I'm just going to say this acts of service description, because this was my um, the one that I got the most on. And it's, I mean, usually it, it, it's a mix of a couple that are your top ones, but for acts of service description, uh, can vacuuming the floors really be an expression of love? Absolutely. Anything you do to ease the burden of responsibilities weighing on an acts of service person will speak volumes. The words he or she most want to hear, let me do that for you laziness, broken commitments, and making more work for them tell speakers of this language that their feelings don't matter. Finding ways to serve speaks volumes to the recipient of these acts. So have, have you taken this quiz in the past at some point? Because you read the book before, no. right? No, I've kind of just, I've read about it and, and I think read about the five different languages. Um, I'd heard a friend talking about it. Um, I'd never read it myself and I just assumed, I think, which ones I was, but I've never actually taken the quiz. Okay, cool. So, and the quiz wasn't, it wasn't a surprise though when it came out as it was. No, okay, not perfect. at all. I was kind of afraid it was going to, because a lot of the questions, the way it was leaning, I was sort of worried it was going to come up um, the gifts one. Oh yeah. Which I have some like weird opposition to. And I was like, <laughs> what if this says gifts and it's 
you know, the opposite of what I assumed about myself. I have to question everything. Well, that's why we call it Who Are You Anyway, Jenny? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, my love language is quality time followed closely by words of affirmation. So the coolest thing about this is that about seven or eight years ago, John and I read this book together and we took the quiz then. And at that time, my top two were words of affirmation and physical touch. And now they are quality time and words of affirmation. So it's interesting to me, at least in my case, that your love language can potentially change as your relationship develops. So John took the quiz back then as well, and he took it again today, and his was exactly the same, which is lovely. That's (laughs) awesome. His primary love language is acts of service, followed closely, really closely by quality time. So the fact that his was quality time then may have had an influence on me uh, over these years because we've made an effort to make sure that we spend quality time because that was an important piece for him. So the description in the book of quality time In the vernacular of quality time, nothing says I love you like full undivided attention. Being there for this type of person is critical, but really being there with the TV off, fork and knife down and all chores and tasks on standby makes your significant other feel truly special and loved. Distractions, postponed dates or the failure to listen can be especially hurtful. Quality time also means sharing quality conversation and quality activities. All right, so... um, Now that you know what our uh, uh, love languages are, if you go ahead and go to the website that Jenny mentioned earlier, fivelovelanguages.com, you can do this for yourself and for your partner. And I think it's fantastic. For John and I, all those years ago, it made a huge difference in terms of our ability to communicate with each other. I really felt like it helped our relationship uh, get better. So there's something to it. And some people might think it's weird or trite or I don't know, like hokey, but I recommend it for sure. I think anything that you know, is helpful for a relationship is great. Definitely. So, um, sorry, you're still together, so it can't be bad. (laughs) We totally like each other still. So yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, look for that link in the show notes, uh, but it's five lovelanguages.com and the show notes are at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. The second part of our, who are you anyway, will ask a specific question to know yourself a bit better. And this week's question relates to this week's challenge for showing appreciation with words of affirmation. So our who are you anyway question is, what is the greatest compliment you've ever received? And I'm going to go first. And the thing that I thought of was that someone um, once told me uh, that I was a really great gift giver. And that really warmed my heart because I like to think of gifts that are meaningful for people. And I like to pay attention to little things that they say so I can remember it for later and get a gift that not only is something that they would like, but something that shows that I was listening. Um, And it was nice that someone noticed that. And it wasn't something I think I even was aware that I consciously did, but it was very sweet that they noticed that and then thought to tell me that. And I, it really warmed my heart and I don't know why, but that's just one of those compliments that stuck with me. And I think that the key to a good compliment, much as the key to a good gift is that it makes someone feel seen and heard and valued. Um, so that, that was, that was mine. How about you, Peg? 
Um, I just want to say that you gave me a gift out of the blue a few weeks ago, and I agree with everything that that person gave you as a compliment. So it was so lovely and out of the blue. And I was like, what? I got a gift? This is exciting. <laughs> and it was a secret sneaky gift. It was too. a secret sneaky gift. So, um, so I wanted to say that. So thank you. And also, this is maybe where um, you thought that some of the gift giving was going to come up when you were doing the quiz. Because obviously, if you like to give gifts, they say that you like to speak in your love language. So there is part of you that likes to give gifts, maybe, but you don't necessarily like getting gifts, or that's not something that you'd fill up your love tank. I, I think I was almost biased. And, and perhaps it is more of a factor for me. But I felt badly saying it. Like I felt bad admitting because it's like, I don't want to think of gifts as stuff. But for me, I think that there's a real border between the um, acts of service and the gifts as a love language. Okay. I also have to admit that in a lot of listening to uh, our friends, the minimalists on their podcasts, they talk about these love languages a lot. Oh, do and they? Okay. they have some pretty strong feelings about gift giving being a love language. They really disagree with it. Um, that it shouldn't be included. Um, so yeah, so I think that had some influence on why I thought that, but I think it really, I think it is an acts of service thing as well. Like I think there's some blurry lines. Yeah, I would agree with that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so the, the question is, what is the greatest compliment you've ever received? And I Mm -hmm. wanted to tell a story about a patient of mine and her daughter. And this story sometimes makes me feel emotional because it was so amazing. And I'm not sure if I've told you this story before, Jenny. Maybe I have. Um, anyway, so this patient... I'm, I'm glad that you gave me a warning about <laughs> that I might get the feels here. <laughs> yeah. So it was a patient that I've known for a long time who needed a lot of um, extra attention. And I saw her a lot. And when she was going through the process of trying to get pregnant, um, I gave her a lot of good advice. And I helped her to know that she needed to do certain things. Um, and then as it turns out, she got pregnant. It was great. She, she got treatment through her pregnancy. Um, and then the day the baby was born was a Sunday and normally I see her on Tuesday. So we were texting and I said, oh, I'm so excited to meet this baby. I want to give her a squeeze and cuddle her. Um, Why don't I just come to you after work on Tuesday? I'll meet the baby. I'll give you your treatment and then that'll be great. You don't have to go anywhere. So she was like, that's great. So I went over to, she was staying with her, her and her husband and their older daughter were staying with her parents at the time. So I went there and I know all of them well, just through like the years of knowing her as a patient. Mm And so we're in the living room and I'm holding on to this little baby and, um, and her name is Molly. And, Aww. and then, so all of a sudden my patient's husband gets a bit serious and he says, Peg, we have something that we want to tell you. And I was like, all of a sudden I was like, Oh, am I, am I in trouble? And then, <laughs> and then I'm like, okay. And he said, we want you to know that this baby's name is Molly and her middle name is Malone. And what? I was like, I started to cry. Serious? Yes, I'm totally serious. I started to cry immediately. And then my patient started started I'm to cry. Tearing up just hearing yeah. that. My patient started to cry immediately. And then she just said, it's like a tribute. Like, we couldn't have done this without you. Like, we really feel like so <laughs> honored that... Um, and so they gave their baby my name. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, I have to be on my best behavior from now until forever because I have this little namesake. So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I would say that that hands down is I'm feeling emotional about it right now. But that's the best uh, compliment yeah. I've ever received. And at the time, you know, I thought to myself, the Chiropractic Association of Canada could like give me an award for being the best chiropractor of the year. And it doesn't even hold a candle to this. Like it was amazing. Holy smoke. So, um, 
So yeah, and the, and also just to kind of bring some levity to the situation because I'm emotional and that's what I do. Um, on the way out that <laughs> night, her dad, who's like a bit of a joker, he's like, okay, so yeah, this is a big deal. Or no, I said to him, this is kind of a big deal. Like, I feel like I have to be on my best behavior. And he goes, well, don't get too crazy. Like, we got somebody coming over in a half an hour and we're going to tell them the same story. <laughs> oh, I love people. I do too. So great. How cool is that? Yeah, it was awesome. And I also just wanted to respect her privacy. So I, I sent her a text today and I said, hey, you know what? Like, I'm feeling a bit, like I want to share this story because it's such a special story. Are you cool with it? And she just said, yeah, we're like happy borrowers of your name. And I was like, oh, my amazing. Gosh. Yeah. That's a really good name, too. I know. Well, and they didn't apparently like there's a song in Ireland about Molly Malone, and they didn't know the song and the background until after they had already given her the name. And then then I was like, well, and there's a song we used to sing it when we were kids about Miss Molly Malone. So it's really cute. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is so cool. Yeah. And she still comes regularly for treatments. She's almost four now, this little girl. That's so cool. So yeah, it was a pretty awesome compliment. I sometimes still laugh when I think about um, when I was coming for treatment when I was pregnant with my son, and he would give you high fives. Well, that's right. On the inside. I was really excited yeah. to meet him on the outside someday and, and get a high five. have your hand on the side of me and you'd get a little tap. <laughs> <laughs> love it. And now you get the sass from him. Yes, I do. I love it. Yes. All right. So that was excellent. And thanks for giving me the feels. And now my glasses are all fogged up. <laughs> <laughs> so now... We're going to move on, and it's time for What Are You Digging Lately? This segment is one that may or may not be related to our monthly theme. Peggy and I like to talk to each other about what podcasts we've been listening to or what books we've been reading or what random internet hilarity that we have found, and we feel like you might find it fun too. So each week, each of us will share something fun that we are loving, that we find useful or practical, or just something that is pure frivolity and fun. So for me, this week, I'm digging the movie A Star is Born that has just come out in the theaters in 2018. There's a lot of other makes of Star is Born back in the past, but this one is the one I went to see. It's with um, Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper uh, co-wrote and directed it. So the way that I can describe this, and I don't want to oversell it too much in case you're going to see it, but it, it ruined me for all of the other movies from now until forever. <laughs> so speaking of the wow. feel, speaking of the feels... In this movie, there's a lot of singing. Every time anybody would sing, I would start to cry. It was oh, amazing. Lady I'll Gaga is a force. Bradley Cooper was amazing. I recommend it. It's awesome. Speaking of this movie, folks in my office were talking about it today. Oh, yeah? And I would just like to mention my dear, dear colleague, Heidi, who was talking about this movie and just completely blurted out the ending. <gasps> And That's I have not, not fair. And I just like looked at her like, are you serious? What just happened? Spoiler here? alert. <laughs> A big spoiler. So I'm trying to pretend that I just haven't heard it because I do really want to see this. So very cool. Looking forward to to checking it out. Awesome. But a, a little nervous about the fact that because if there's if like an, an average person will say that they cried a lot in a movie, that means that I will have a headache for three days after because of the amount of sobbing I'll do. So <laughs> well, maybe now that you've had the heads up that is emotional, you'll be more <sighs> steeled and you'll be fine. Maybe who knows? <laughs> All right. So my my I'm digging is a far less emotional one. Okay. And it is a tool and it is a tool called the Craig jig and it is spelled K R E G. And 
the specific one I have is like the single Craig jig. It's the smallest one you can get, but boy, it's all you need. So shout out to my good friend, Hardy, who gave me a crash course in how to use a Craig jig um, when I was making some shelves a couple weeks back. So a Craig jig, which I have shown Peg over Skype, is a tool that allows you to make pocket holes in wood, leading to strong concealed joinery, which is very exciting for me. So after Hardy showed me how to do this, I quickly ordered my own on Amazon. It showed up the next day and I I finished the the desk I am sitting at right now. I built using uh, this jig. And can we put a picture of your new desk on the show notes or so people oh, can see it? Totally. Okay, check it out. It's really beautiful. And it's awesome that Jenny has this very handy, crafty ability to make cool stuff. And she's pumped it's about it. Very liberating and very empowering to use power tools. And uh, yeah, and it's cool because I wanted a desk and now I built a desk that is the exact size I wanted. I have a new skill. Um, it's just something very satisfying. And I find because I work digitally every day. I don't have paper, like everything I create is on the computer. I'm creating digital things. So it's very cool to make something physical, tangible that I can see and touch. And yeah, it's satisfying. Very, very satisfying. So Craig Jig, check it out. All right. Lots of awesome YouTube tutorials as well. So Okay, we'll have some uh, some links in the show notes uh, to everything we've talked about so far at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. And now it's time for a segment we call You Win or You Learn. Each week, Jenny and I will trade off during this segment to let you know where we did something right and there is cause to celebrate or where something perhaps went off the rails and allowed for a learning opportunity. These can be related to our journey as we take on new habits or they may just be celebrations and bumps in the road in our everyday lives. So this week I'm up with the win and my win was I will call it literally getting a new perspective. Uh, This past weekend, our family had a night away in Toronto, and none of us had ever been to the top of the CN Tower, so we did it. Ethan was interested in doing that, so we did it. Um, I've been pretty in the weeds lately, I'll say, with um, projects around the house, um, with work, just, just things have been busy. Jeff's been working a lot, so we've been, we've been in the thick of it. And I was so glad to like figuratively and literally get a new perspective on things. It was so cool going up the CN Tower and looking down and seeing how small everything looked. There is something odd that's like happens psychologically. And this is why I love going to big cities as well. Um, And then so following that up. So I got that kind of cool perspective on things in terms of, you know, seeing that maybe certain things aren't as big of a deal as they are and vice versa, like very cool. So then after that, we went to the ROM, um, which the Royal Ontario museum, and we saw a ton of ancient artifacts and that also helped me to get new perspective in terms of time and seeing how old things are and, you know, how old the earth is and how like very short my time on earth has been. So it was very cool because you get a new perspective on space and time from these two experience, like these two kind of, you know, average tourist experiences in Toronto, but it gave me a great little mental shift over the weekend. So oh, it was that's great. Fantastic. What a great win. I love it. Yeah, it was great. How about you? What was your learn? Uh, well, um, 
As people who have been listening for a while might know, I have some trouble with consistency in certain things. And one of them is exercise. And even when we were doing the exercise challenge for this podcast, I couldn't really get it together. And the coolest piece about this, and this is what I have to learn over and over and over again, is that the key for me is accountability. So as I mentioned last episode, John and I have been doing this six week challenge, which is three workouts a week, plus a meal plan. And I love the exercise and I love it because I feel good after I've done it. All the things that I said about exercise when we were talking about it last month, uh, it's so good for me in lots of ways. But the thing that's getting me there is the accountability to the challenge and also because John and I can go together most of the time. And then it's super fun because we're we're getting our quality time together, which is but what's ah. important to both of us. So the accountability is key for me and I really like working out with John. So that's a fun way to like get my accountability, get my exercise in and relearn this this piece over and over. So hopefully it'll stick this time or at least it'll give me something to hold on to so that it lasts longer. And you know, you saying that, cause I find this with a lot of habits too, where I want to lock it in and never have to think about it again. Yeah. But I think I'm starting to shift the way I look at it. And I think, you know, as much as like the, you know, that type A part of me wants to like lock it in, have that habit. I think it's appreciating when you're doing well and forgiving yourself quickly when you're not doing well with that habit. So I think it's cool to just, you know, maybe, maybe you'll never get it quote unquote perfect, but maybe it's about celebrating when you're in the flow of it. Nice. I like that. Well then celebrate high fives. And it also gives me a good excuse because I'm not in the thick of it. (laughs) Anywho, next week, we will be checking in on how our relationships challenge is going. When we say relationship, it can mean with your significant other or spouse or your children, but it can also be relationships with friends, your parents, or other extended family and even coworkers. Peggy and I will be focusing on offering words of affirmation to the people around us that we hold dear. We hope that you will tune in and play along with us. And that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. Remember to let us know if you took the quiz to find out what is your primary love language. How about your spouse or your child? This can be super enlightening and provide a cool foundation to better communicate how you feel to the people you love. Also, let us know what is the greatest compliment you've ever received and why. Email us or send us a voice memo at theimprovementproject at drpeggymalone.com. You'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at drpeggymalone.com forward slash podcast. Please subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes if you haven't already. It really helps other people to find the podcast so that we can help as many people as possible to create new healthy habits. We would love to connect on the socials. I'm on Instagram at Dr. Peggy Malone and Jenny is on Twitter at jkouse. You can always get our attention by using the hashtag The Improvement Project. We also have a Facebook group. Search for The Improvement Project on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Now go get to work on improving the most important project that you have. That's you. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay focused and get after it. hate it when someone doesn't tell me about something in my nose or something in my teeth. I, I question I feel like it's common courtesy. whether they're on my side or not in life. Even a total stranger, I will tell them they have something in their teeth.
Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I, and I will tell someone when they have something and then I will follow it up by telling them that they should consider that a compliment and that they should be like, they should be glad I told them. <laughs> <laughs> that might be one step too far. <laughs> Here's something about you that you need to know. And I'm going to need you to really appreciate that. I told you that. <laughs> Because I'm feeling a little uncomfortable that I told you that. And I'm going to need you to reinforce it, that it's okay. 